0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Just as you're standing right where you are, if you would turn your Bibles with me to the book of Galatians, we are finishing up our series on new season. We've been talking about it. God just gave me just a prophetic uh, pause in my spirit just to share these three messages On a new season, I believe that we not only as a body are going into, but you as an individual are heading into a new season as well. Uh, Kids are back in school. The the weather's going to start changing. We're going to start heading in from summer into fall. The leaves are going to start to change. You can tell in nature when seasons are changing, but you can't always tell in the spirit when things are changing. Unless you're tuned in, you can end up missing a, a season. And you could still be wearing a bathing suit in the middle of winter. And you could look foolish wearing the right thing in one season, but wearing the wrong thing in a new season. And I want you to prepare your heart because I believe God is entering us into a new season. Galatians 6, 9 puts it this way. And let us not grow weary in doing well for in due season. We will reap if we faint not. The message version says, so let us not allow ourselves to get fatigued in doing good. How many of you have ever gotten tired? I'm just tired. Tired of the, the rhetoric, tired of what's going on on the news, tired of what's going on in the world, tired of what's going on at work, tired of the, uh, of, of the traffic to get there, tired of the taxes, tired of gas prices, just tired of life. Many people are tired, and I can handle fatigue when it's physical, but what really attacks me is when I hand, go through fatigue that is mental or emotional or even spiritual, when you start going through these crises in life. But he says this, don't get fatigued in doing good because at the right time, someone say right time, you will harvest a good crop if you don't give up or quit. This is a promise of God. If you don't give up on your marriage, you're going to harvest. You don't give up on your kids, you're going to harvest. You don't give up at your job, you're going to harvest. If you don't give up on God, you're going to harvest. There is a harvest about to come, but you can't give up. Somebody say amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name, everyone says Amen. amen. You may be seated. As you're seated We're going to turn our hourglass over for the last time. God created time. So time is a created thing, which means God's not relegated to time. God created time, but he's not bound by it, which means God moves outside of time. We expect God to move Thursday by 2 o'clock, but that's not the way God operates God moves according to his time. He's not bound based on our clock. And so I want you to understand something today that we all find ourselves at one time or another getting tired. But I love what Jeremiah said. And God tells Jeremiah in Jeremiah twelve five: Jeremiah, if running with mere men tires you out, how are you going to run with horses? The level that you're at right now is developing the endurance for you for the next level in life. And until you learn to run and dominate the level that you're at right now, you're not ready to level up. Many people want a promotion before they put in the work to learn the endurance at the level you're at. You cannot learn to run 10 miles until you dominate 5 miles. Say it again, pastor. We, we, want to, we want promotions. We want to move up. You want to get married, but you can't even handle single life. You want children, but you can't even handle your marriage. You want, to, you want to own your own business, but you show up late to the job that you have. So you are not ready for the next level until you show dominion and faithfulness at the level that you're at right now. And I, I believe that we should want more. Everyone shout more. We should want more from God. God's a God of more. But I need you to understand that many of us are getting frustrated and fatigued at the level that we're in in our current season. But your current obstacles in life are not here to destroy you. They're here to develop you. I'll say that again, Pastor. Pastor. Their current season is not here to destroy you. It's here to develop you. And the level that you're at right now is developing the endurance for the next level. Each season in life is designed for us to develop the disciplines, the skills, and the endurance to dominate and win at the next level. Now, now let me tell you this. Your assignment right now is your audition for the next level. What you're doing at work, we read the, the story of the parables of the talents. And Jesus said, that the owner gave his servants what he observed them being able to handle. So the one with five, the one with two, and the one with one all received based on their abilities. What you have right now is your audition for more before God. What you're doing right now is your audition. You can't budget your small account now, then God's not gonna trust you with more. If you can't dominate your job, then God's not going to let you start that business. If you can't manage your own life, how are you going to manage a family as well? And see, don't be in such a hurry or a rush to level up. Because we don't want to just survive the next level of life. We want to thrive at the next level of life. Somebody say amen. So seasons are important. So take a look at this. Same tree different seasons. We've been talking about this. Same tree, different seasons. Many of you right now might feel like you're barren, but that's not always going to be that way. Just because you have no money in the account, don't shut your account down. You're in a season of dryness. Hold on to that account, keep $5 in there, and then eventually you're going to walk into a season where there's going to be more. So you don't don't throw away your winter clothes because summer's coming. You hold on to them because you know that season's coming back again. I want to encourage you today. Day. same tree, different season, same road, different season. The road looks the same. The path is the same. That what's different is that the seasons are different. Same couple, different seasons. In our seasons, in your marriage, in the seasons. At one time, someone said this, when you're holding hands, when you're dating, same couple, different seasons. When you're holding hands, when you're dating, it's called love. When you hold hands, when you're married, it's called self-defense, Some of y'all will get that when you're on your way home, okay? But it's the different seasons of life that we go through. Same man, different season. Same man, different season. We know that Chaplain John went through literally 15 different programs. And how old were you when you finally got got sober, uh, Chaplain John? 52 years old. Some of you think you're too old right now because you're too far along in life. I, I, I just reached that 5-0 mark. Or I'm about to rush up on 60. You're at that point that you're about to, oh, did I say that out loud? I was just, I was just thinking that, Pastor Kat. She's getting ready to celebrate her sweet 60, and she's been sharing it. Pastor Kat's going to come up with her birthday pretty soon. We're going to celebrate that birthday But I want you to understand, same man, different season. He was in a season of addiction in the first picture. Now he's in a season of helping people break addictions in the second season. So I want you to understand something. Today, I want to share with you the last and probably most important message of the new season series. And today, I want to talk to you about purpose. There's a difference between purpose and potential. We live in an age right now where we are getting with the pulpits becoming a motivational platform rather than a spiritual one. It's becoming a place where we're trying to get people to reach their potential. It's becoming a place where we're just trying to fire people up to get to the next level. But we're having people level up before they're ready to level up. And so we got to recognize we are not living for potential. We are living for purpose. Uh, We are living not for potential. We're living from purpose purpose. Now, John chapter 12 verse 27. Now I'm going to do a little teaching at a certain point through this as well because I think it's important that we can stir you up but after we stir you up, we got to give you keys on now how to put that into practice. I, I I'm 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 I always tell people when I got. In fact, this Thursday I'm going to do chapel for the San Diego Chargers, and uh, as I go in there, I always tell them this: I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a transformational speaker. My goal isn't to motivate you. My goal is to transform you. I want you to be transformed by the presence of God. And so as we speak, I want uh, as I speak this morning, my prayer for you is that you're transformed by the word that is going forth right now look at John chapter 12 this is Jesus talking he's getting ready for the cross and this is what he says now my soul is what have you ever been troubled and sometimes we think it's unspiritual to be troubled yet Jesus was troubled and not just troubled he was deeply Troubled. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Should I pray, Father, come save me from this hour? But for this very... Everyone say reason. reason. Purpose. For this very purpose, for this very reason, I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice from heaven spoke, saying, I have already brought glory to my name, and I will do so again. And when the crowd heard the voice... Some thought it was thunder, while others declared an angel had spoken to him. I want you to bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Everyone says. Amen. So let's talk about a season of potent purpose or potential. Now, many times we end up settling for the good at the expense of the best, and people are killing themselves to acquire and to succeed, only to end up with regret at the end of their lives. When we lay on our deathbed, we're not going to ask for our 401k. We're not going to ask for our assets. We're not going to be surrounded by our bank account. We're going to be surrounded by those that loved us most. And if all you live for was the almighty dollar, your only people that will be surrounded at your bedside are those that can't wait for you to breathe your last so they could get what you worked for. We have people that have their accounts are full, but their hearts are empty. Their accounts are overflowing, but they're bankrupt in spirit. And we've embraced lies. You ever seen this picture here? I love that commercial. I don't know if you've ever seen that Geico commercial talking about, uh, you know, Pinocchio would be a terrible motivational speaker. Because the moment he lies, there's potential in this room. All I see is potential. And as he starts saying that, his nose begins to grow. That there are lies that every one of us has experienced, lies that we've embraced. And what are some of the lies that we've embraced? Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Do what's in your heart. And we've gone to even churches and heard people say, hey, follow your heart. Go after your heart. No, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. You can't trust your heart. One moment it says to love your wife. The next moment it says, oh, that woman's beautiful. Go after her. If I do what my heart says, I would end up in sin. I would end up in the grave before God, before my time. Don't follow your heart. Live your best life. Do what makes you happy. Go go for it. Live your full potential. Those are things that we say, but those are contrary to what Jesus said. Jesus told us, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Some people are so focused on maxing out their potential that they're missing out on their purpose. Listen carefully as we we, we jump into this, okay? Jesus didn't reach his full potential. Okay, let me try this side. Y'all looking at me like I just blasphemed. Jesus did not live to his full potential. You guys are saying amen like you're not sure you should say amen. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you guys, I, I'm not sure this is stable ground, Pastor. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should, I should go ahead and lean on what you're just saying. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is He didn't say, I am finished. He said, It, my assignment my purpose, the reason I came. I accomplished what the Father sent me here to do. I accomplished my purpose. I finished my course. I met the requirements. I did everything my Father called me to do. That's why he was able to say, well done, good and faithful. I stand before God. God's gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. He's not gonna say, hey, you reached your full potential. You did what you, you lived your best life. You followed your heart. You lived your dream no did you accomplish your purpose Amen. your purpose is what gives you the drive in life and i know I want you to understand something jesus was saying i accomplished my purpose Amen. and it seems so contrary to what modern day christianity is telling us too many people are maximizing their potential while missing their purpose in fact jesus had the potential listen carefully Jesus had the potential to overthrow Rome with the word, bring legions of angels down to earth, overthrow every government, establish a kingdom here on earth. He could have eradicated the earth of all disease, all sin, all sickness, all, all, all chaos between nations. Jesus could have wiped them all. He could have united the world, united, conquered all the known world. He could have destroyed evil. He could have destroyed wickedness. He could have done all of those things, and he could have established a great kingdom here on earth. He could have been a great king, but he would have forfeited becoming the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. Now you didn't hear me. You, you didn't catch that. He could have reached his potential but missed his purpose. And let me explain it to you. Your potential empowers you to achieve your purpose. You can reach your potential at the expense of your purpose. Now, now follow me on this, okay? You can create a world-class business and still lose your family. You, you can gain the whole world yet, yet lose your soul. You can achieve the desire to acquire and still feel empty. Things, accomplishment minus purpose always leave us with the gap. So, what's your purpose? I want you to look at John chapter 6, verse 12 says this When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he what? He didn't put up posters, he didn't start. Promoting himself as the next king. Hey, let's over, overthrow Herod and let, let's put me in as, as the next king. He doesn't do that. He says this, that he slipped away into the hills by himself. Why would he do that? Wouldn't that be a great position for him to serve in, to help push the, the gospel even farther forward, is to become king? But Jesus recognized that earth's promotion became heaven's demotion. I could take the promotion of of earth, but it's going to remove me of my purpose here on earth. He understood he could have become the king of Israel, but he would have forfeited becoming the king of kings. So Satan knows if I can't keep you from serving God, I can distract you with good things that sound good, that have good purpose. But it's going to distract you from accomplishing your purpose here on earth. Look at John chapter 12. We're going to break this scripture down a bit, okay? John chapter 12, verse 27. Are you there? If you're not taking notes, you should be taking notes. Scan that QR code and you'll be able to download the notes as well. You could follow along. First thing I want you to see in verse 27 is this. What's the first word there? Say it again. I want you to see this. Now marks refers to an hour, a time, a season, a present moment. What Jesus was saying when he said now, he literally is saying a new season is starting. Now, appointed time. Now, new season. Now, in this moment, fresh start. Something new is about to happen. Now means something has ended and a new thing is beginning. Jesus says now. It it refers to a particular point in time, an epic season, a fullness of time. In other words, what Jesus was saying was this. Now, no more delay. Now, no more holding back. Now, it's going to start right now. Why I came is going to go into motion. Why I came is going to be revealed right now. And So Jesus recognized the season that he's in. You got to recognize what season you're in. You got to recognize what you're going through. Because if you panic in a time of winter in your life because you're not producing fruit, you end up giving up on what God's trying to do and dig your roots farther down into the soil. You got to understand what season you're in. Sometimes you just got to survive the season. Oh, you got to hear me. Sometimes you just got to survive the season. When I came out of Tucson Arizona after ministering out there and I came out to California I was in a season of despair. And that season I I I it just beat me down. The season I had come out come out of had just beaten me down. And when I started the new ministry, I didn't realize I was starting that new ministry hurt. And so every time I'd get an invitation, every time I would have a time to, to interact with others, I was operating out of hurt because I hadn't been healed yet. Jesus understood that pain was going to be part of the process of this new season. Walking out your purpose isn't always going to be easy. In fact, sometimes your purpose will be downright painful. Come on, church. But I want you to understand, don't miss your now. And he says this, now my soul, everyone say soul. Soul. Take, Take a look at this. In order to understand your purpose, you have to understand your design. Let me say that again. In order to understand your purpose, you have to understand your design. We are a triune being just like God is. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, body, soul, spirit. We have been created in the image of God. And until you understand that that God's first gift to mankind was His image, and then He gave us an assignment, an assignment. Part of that image is body, soul and spirit. And many of us don't understand that your spirit is dead until you accept Christ. And all you're operating on before you know Christ is body and soul. Your soul is a place that you make decisions. The soul is the place that you take information in and you make decisions. It's where your, your decision-making capacity is. And so like God, we are triune. The problem is many of us are only experiencing life in one dimension. You're only experiencing life in the physical. Your spirit man is dead or he's dying. He has no, he has nothing, no influence on your life. That word soul literally refers to the life Mind, heart, and, and self. It talks about the literal breath of life. It's where our reasoning comes from. It's where our decision-making comes from. And when we make decisions only based on our physical senses, we end up making carnal decisions. Let, let me ask you this. How many senses do we have? Seven? Y'all kicking out some senses I haven't heard of yet. <laughs> Sight, hearing, smelling, tasting, and feeling, okay? I've heard someone else say there's also discernment as the sixth one. But take a look at this graph right here. Let me, let me walk you through something real quick, okay? You know what, Pastor Cat? I left something over here. Excuse me. I know... I want you to see something here. As you take a look at this graph, most of us, oh, you can't even see it on there. My bad. It won't show up there. On the bottom where it says physical world, okay? I want you to see that the same way that we have our physical senses, those five senses that we talked about, those senses on the very bottom, you get, keep it where it was. Put Put that slide back up, please. There you go. Where you see on the very bottom, it says physical data for necessary decisions. All that information comes through our physical man, through our sight, through our smell, through our taste, through our touch, through our feelings. We take all that information in. And as we take that information in through our physical man, we bring that information in and then that information all goes into our soul when it hits our soul from your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion, you end up making a decision. The problem is, if you're only operating off the physical realm, you're making all your decisions based off Your feelings, your seeing, your sight, your hearing, your tasting, your smelling. You're only doing it on the physical realm, which means your spiritual man has no influence on the decisions that you're making in your marriage, in your finances, in your family, in every area of your life. Everything that you're making, every decision you're making, you're making based on your physical senses. Therefore, you have to make sure that your spirit man is alive. When you accept Christ, your spirit comes alive. And when you accept Christ, now that spirit man it comes alive. And now the same way you have the five senses in the physical realm, you have five senses in the spiritual realm as well. And you need to take that same information in the spirit to be able now to marry itself with the physical information you're getting in order to bring out better decisions. Say it again, pastor. I don't know if you're catching this. But many of us are only, when you only make decisions based on the physical, man, he's handsome. Oh, she's cute. Oh, you know what, man? It's good money. Not realizing the other things that are part of those decisions. You end up making decisions that are good for your physical man, but it's destroying your spirit man. And then you end up with all these physical and spiritual consequences. You have to start the same way. You got to start seeing in the spirit, hearing in the spirit, feeling in the spirit, tasting in the spirit, and smelling in the spirit. Well, how do you smell in the spirit, Pastor? Well, there's some relationships that are foul. You can tell. You just you just a certain taste and see that the Lord is good. There's a fragrance that when you walk in the presence of God, there are aspects that we walk into. And so I want you to see something. Carnal decisions are based on wrong data. The question isn't if I could, it's sh- if I should. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And Jesus goes on and says this, now my soul is deeply troubled. Everyone say troubled. Even when Jesus went through troubled seasons, he had times where he went through things that disturbed him. That word trouble means to be agitated. Have you ever been agitated before? Oh, come on, talk to me, church. You ever been a- if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. If you got kids, you know what I'm talking about. If you've drone in traffic in the Bay Area, you know what I'm talking about. Because it's easy to get agitated, Jesus was agitated. He went through seasons that disturbed him. And here in the garden on the cross, he went through trouble. He went through abandonment. He went through isolation. While hanging on the cross, he cries out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God, where have you gone? Where are you, Father? You said you would never leave me nor forsake me, but it was at that moment the sin of the world was placed on him and a holy God could no longer stay in fellowship with Jesus, that God the father turned his back on his son Jesus had never experienced separation from his father until that moment had never experienced anything other than unity with his father Jesus did not die from the nails in his hands the crown on his thorns or even the whipping upon his back Jesus died from a broken heart the moment his father pulled away from him it's more than he could handle Yet we've learned to thrive and survive apart from the presence of God. Jesus, he couldn't survive apart from the presence of God. The very moment God's presence turned from him, he died. That word trouble means to be in turmoil, agitated, confused. And Jesus said, should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? Listen, we, we all have an hour. Praise is, if you'd help me. We all have an hour. We all have a season. We have a defining moment. Church, I want you to listen to me, not just as a pastor right now, but as a prophetic voice. That right now you are entering into your defining moment. You are about to step into your new season, an epic season. You're about to step into a new time. You're about to step into something brand new, a tipping point in your life, something that's going to change everything over. You're about to step into a new season. You're about to walk into a new thing. But I want you to understand that on the verge of breaking through, you always go through a season of darkness before resurrection. You can't have a resurrection without a death. Every one of us is going to have that hour, that period of time. And when that hour, we refer to hour, I'm not talking about a 60-minute time. I'm talking about an epic time where God stops the sands mid-flow. And he says, okay, now is that moment. Now is time for healing. Now is time for breakthrough. Now is time for that anointing. Now is time for that promotion. Now it's time for you to step up. It's in that moment. But Jesus said in John 12, 27, Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But for this very reason, this purpose is why I came. This purpose. What's purpose mean? The Greek literally says it's because of, for the sake of, this. My why. This is why I'm here. God doesn't create a man or a woman and place a dream in them. God creates a dream and then places a human around it. The fact that you're here right now, and that you're breathing, that you have a pulse, is because you have a purpose. I know my dad as he laid in his deathbed, as he was going into hospice. he Said, "Man, why am I still here? I'm ready to go." I said, "Dad, as long as you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And you got to find that purpose. You're not done yet. God's not going to call you home until he, you're done." He says, so what do I do? He says, well, pray. You, you can't go to church anymore, so pray for others. Stand in the gap. Do the things that you can do. My mom and dad both are just prayer warriors. They, they, they can bombard heaven. They have a purpose. Miles Monroe says that purpose is the original intent of a thing. It's the reason something exists. And I share with you a few weeks back that, at least in Latin families, you always have that one butter knife that's twisted at the top. Why? Because instead of going to look for a screwdriver, you grab a knife out of the drawer and you use that to take care of what it is. Now, The knife is serviceable, but it ends up getting damaged in the process. That's not why it was created. It was created for butter, not for metal. And some of you are serviceable in areas that God never called you to be in. And that's why your marriage is getting damaged. Your family is getting damaged. That's why your emotions are getting damaged. You're, in, you're doing something that you could do, but it's not what your purpose is. There is one word I want to give you that's going to change your ability to be effective. One word. I think I shared this on Wednesday. One word that can transform your hour. You Ready? No. No. Hey, can you? No. Would you? No. But pastor, I thought we're supposed to serve. Yeah, you are supposed to serve. But you're supposed to serve your purpose in his kingdom. And we're so busy saying yes to things that those good things are keeping us from our purpose. You said yes to so many things out in the world that when the kingdom comes calling, you're saying no to your purpose. That was a weak clap. Miles Monroe says that the greatest tragedy of all is not death, but it's life without purpose. And you'll never find purpose in yourself, Rick Warren says. Purpose is found in your creator. You keep looking in yourself. Where's my purpose? Where's my purpose? You're not going to find it in you because you didn't create you. God created you. As we close this morning, I want you to see verse 28. He says, Father, bring, bring what? Everyone say doxa. You just spoke Greek. Greek, the Greek word for glory is doxa. That word glory is what, we always talk about, man, you sinned, you messed up. But do you realize the Bible says for all have sinned and fall short of the, the what? The doxa of God, the glory. When a bird flies, God gets glory. When a fish swims, God gets glory. When the sun radiates, God gets Glory. When the stars twinkle, God gets glory. When the waves crash, God gets glory. glory. Because when you do what God created you to do... When you do what you were created for, when you do what God fashioned you for, when you walk in what God designed you for, when you do what God placed you on earth to do, it's not the song that you sing that gives them glory. It's not coming into church that gives them glory. It's not the money that you give that gives them glory. It's when you walk in your purpose that God gets glory. We're falling short of the glory of God. Because we're not walking out the purposes of God. You're not going to make up with it with the song you sing. The money that you give, it's only through walking your purpose. The problem today is everyone is trying to get glory for themselves. They see what I did, see what I built. Jesus says, I can do nothing without him. Heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. Let me just say this. If it doesn't give God glory, then no. If it removes me from my purpose, then no. If it distracts me from God, then no. I don't care how much money, how pretty, or how handsome, or how popular they are, no. If it takes me from my design, No, I don't want to fall short of God's glory. I want to speak to someone right now and tell you it's finished. Your season of struggle, it's finished. Your season of doubt, it's finished. Your season of not enough is finished. Your now season is here right now. Your now season is coming right now. Who you've been identified as is gone. And God is about to identify you in a new way. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here and you don't know Christ. First thing I want to do is get you to the environment that helps you walk out your purpose. And that's Christ Jesus. Heads bowed and eyes closed. You're here right now and you don't know Jesus or you slipped away from him. I want to get you restored to your walk with God right now. On the count of three, I'm going to have you lift your hand in the air. Ready? One. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once. Then comes judgment. Two. Search your heart right now. Why run from God when all he's going to do is love you when he catches you? As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, man, woman, and child, you're here right now and you need to restore your relationship with God. Ready? One, two, three three lift your hand right where you're at I want to pray with you yes God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you yes anyone else on this side yes God bless you God bless you yes amen anyone else find your purpose God bless you God bless you find your purpose find your place secondly you're here right now and there's some things you need to learn to say no to you've been saying yes to things that have been drawing you away from your purpose You've been saying yes to things that are, that are watering down your purpose. You're saying yes to things that are pulling you out of the environment of God. And only in the environment of God are you going to excel. If that's you, just lift your hand as well. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, amen, amen. lastly, last call is this. You know you have a purpose. You know that there's more to live for. You know that God has more for you but you're just not sure what it is God where is my place what is my purpose everyone's always looking for their purpose it's found in him you're here right now and you're you know you have a purpose you just want to walk in it if that's you would you raise your hands as well yes I see hands going up all over this morning on the count of three I'm gonna have you put your hands down stand up and come meet me here at this altar. Anyone that raised your hand on any of the calls. Ready? One, two, three. Stand to your feet and come meet me here this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Purpose, design, it's who God made you. And no one else can do what you do. No one else can fill the gap that God created you to fill. And when you're here at church, you fill a gap that no one else can fill. You serve a place where no one else can fill. God's plan, God's purpose, God's design for your life. Genesis 128 gives us our purpose. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill and subdue. That's a responsibility for all of us. Be fruitful. Multiply. In other words, add value to where you're at right now. Wherever you're at, add value. Then multiply. Don't just take, give. Take whatever God gave you, multiply it, and give it back. Subdue. Take dominion over the environments that you're in. Stop reflecting the environment. You walk into a room and you can tell that someone just said something vulgar. Instead of laughing at that environment, you walk in and change it and bring the presence of God. You subdue environments at work, at school. And then you fill. You fill the earth with God's presence. You multiply it. So, Father, I pray for every person here at this altar right now. And we thank you, God, for your goodness, for your love, your mercy, your grace. And Lord, right now in this moment, we, we ask forgiveness, God, if we've wasted time, if we've wasted our purpose. If we've given, my God, what was supposed to be yours to something else. We've given our best effort, my God, to our football team, our sports team, more than we gave to our God, more to our business or the, more to our, 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 our hobbies than we gave to our family or to our God. Lord we're ready to walk our purpose say this with me Heavenly Father I come to you now the way that I am with my sin and with my shortcomings but I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day because he loved me Lord he took my place you didn't just die for me you died as me the great exchange. You took my sin so that I could become you. Forgive me of my sin today. Make me new. And I make a choice today to follow Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Now, Father, I pray for everyone here at this altar. And grant us, Father, the wisdom to say no to things that are going to distract us. Relationships that are going to get us off track, my God. Interests, Father God, that are going to move us in the wrong direction. Lord, I pray, Father God, with singleness of mind, that we would recognize the call that's on our hearts right now. Lord, if it's going to draw me away from you, then no. If it's going to get me, Father God, not to walk in my purpose, then no. Lord, grant me the ability to say no to the good so that I can say yes to the best. And so, Father, right now, when I fulfill my purpose, my potential will be reached. But I don't want to run after potential at the expense of my purpose. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name we pray, everyone says, amen amen and amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise this morning. Amen. I really feel like the, the page is turning. We're about to walk into a new season, folks. Get ready. Look for it. Amen. Keep your eyes open. Look for evidences that your now season is starting. Until then, love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.